Good morning, world. Welcome to another episode of Zendependently Minded. If you are a new or returning listener, I truly hope you enjoy this episode. And before we get into the podcast, here is a brief word from our sponsor. How's it going, guys? It's your boy, Roman Abramovich, back at it with another episode of Family Feud. I'm back from the dead. I survived the poison attempt. I'm back with video, as you can see. I actually, for some reason, got approved by Spotify to put video on Spotify. So now, you can see my face again, if if for some reason you've been wanting to. Like I said, I'm not putting it on YouTube anymore. It's too. It takes too long to, to wait for that shit to be posted. It's not worth it. I get algorithmically, al- algorithmically demoted. I get shadow banned. How many podcasts do you know out there named Zen Dependently Minded? There's none. There's no other episodes out. There's no podcast out there called Zen Dependently Minded. The closest thing was Zen Podcast, which is what it was going to be called. Um, then I found out there was a, a slightly nicely sized uh, podcast already called um, Zen Podcast. So I ended up changing it. But I'm back. I have video. And as long as I don't say anything too crazy, um, I shouldn't have the video. <coughs> ah, excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, I shouldn't have the video yanked from from Spotify and from Anchor. So, I'm back at it with an episode. I was actually on my way to getting deployed straight into Kiev. I was going to go in guns blazing and single-handedly end the conflict. But I was canceled for problematic tweets that I tweeted back in 2004. So, I'm here. I'm queer. <laughs> and yeah, it's been a while since I did an episode. I got a lot to talk about. I was actually supposed to go into work today and decided uh, that I quit. I decided I'm going to be a day trader for the rest of my life. Even though I don't have enough money to day trade, God will provide. In all seriousness, I had a a couple hours to do a podcast and I've been wanting to do one. It's been a minute, like I said, since I last did one. Let me even line myself up. A lot has happened since we last talked uh, in, in terms of my life and in terms of the rest of the world. Uh, first thing I wanted to talk about, so I obviously, the reason I've been gone, last week, uh, not this previous weekend, but the weekend before I went to Dublin, Ireland, it was one of the best trips I've ever been on, went to go see Tim Dillon, actually saw Tim Dillon, man, I'm trying to get this lined up, yeah, actually saw Tim Dillon, uh, let me turn off my camera, pull up my email and show you guys the picture, because I, I saw Tim Dillon, it was amazing. I, me and my wife, we flew into, oh Jesus, me and my wife, we flew into the Dublin airport, we were waiting at baggage claim, waiting to grab our stuff, and I looked on from the other side, where flights were coming in from the other end of the airport, from the other direction, and I saw Tim Dillon, and I was like, whoa! Uh, you know, you know, it's easy to recognize him because he's got that hair, and then he's a, a abnormally large man, even bigger in person than, uh, yeah, even bigger in person than than you see on the videos. But yeah, I was super happy to see him. I'd only ever met like one famous person before. I get, I guess you can technically consider when I gave uh, when I got a uh, a fist bump from from. Uh, yeah, when I got a fist bump from, let me, <laughs> I shrink myself down. So there it is. I met Tim Dillon. It was pretty epic. Um, I'd met, <clears throat> so I got a fist bump from Joe List when I went to see him in Berlin. And then also one time I got a hat signed by the former free safety of the Atlanta Falcons, which was pretty epic. Um, but but that when I had done that before, I had actually kind of froze. I was like, man, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to act like a normal person around a famous person. I was I was just 14 or 15 years old, so I didn't really know how to act. Um, but I knew that, you know, he's just a he's a normal person. He's he's just a guy that's really good at doing what he does. Obviously, he's one of the best, if not the best, comedian podcaster out there right now. The definitely the best rant guy. Him and him and. Uh, him and Bill Burr are some are two of the best probably guys that do rants. And let me see. Yeah, I guess I'll just keep this up. I'm not actually even going to talk about this. I just wanted to have a cool backdrop. So I wanted to have Hunter Biden's crack pipe picture in the back. Uh, anyway, 
So I decided, you know, he's probably busy. You know, we got somewhere to be. He's got somewhere to be. So I just real quick was like, hey, I think I scared him, took his mask off uh, down. And I was like, hey, we're actually here to see the, to see you at the show. And he was like, really? Thanks for coming out. I, he, gave, he went to shake my hand and I gave him a fist bump. It was awkward. Um, and then I just said, hey, man, if you're not too busy, uh, or if you I don't know if you need to go anywhere real quick. Do you think we can get a picture? And he was like, yeah, totally. It was super nice. And then as as my wife was taking the picture, he asked where we were from. And I said, thanks for coming out. See you at the show. It was awesome. And then his one hour that he did was amazing. It was really funny. Um, I think a lot of these jokes are the jokes that are probably in his special, which if they are, you guys are going to love the special. The dude's hilarious. He's one of the one of the best out there. Of course, if you don't know already, he's Irish. Obviously, in Ireland, everybody there was Irish. I'm sure there were people that were not Irish in the crowd, but it was mostly Irish people. And if you don't know, some of the best shit talkers, some of the best hecklers, or worst, if it depends on who you are, <laughs> uh, come from Ireland. They're Irish people. And the best way to deal with hecklers is being Irish. The best way of dealing with Irish hecklers is being Irish. Which is exactly what Tim did. There was this drunk girl who kept yelling crazy shit. At one point she yelled, I hate Catholics. So if you read his tweet about that, that actually happened. We were there. And <laughs> everyone booed her. And he dealt with them swiftly. I took a, a couple videos. I put the phone between my legs because I didn't want to distract. But I just got... Mainly I wanted to record when he was responding to hecklers. Because I always think it's so cool and impressive. When a comedian <clears throat> on the fly is able to just because they're such they're so quick-minded and witty in their brain, just come up with something to respond to someone, or when they do crowd work and pick on people. So it was amazing. So obviously, right when we get to Dublin, to start off the trip, I run into Tim Dillon. It was awesome. Got a picture with him. He's my favorite. Obviously, I went to Ireland to to see his comedy. So, And then besides that, man, Ireland is an amazing place. I've talked about it before. I'm not really a city person, I tend to enjoy the in-between. Me and my wife, like to te we tend to enjoy the in-between, the hidden gems. You know, when you're driving to, I haven't been to Rome yet, but when you're driving to Rome, the, the villages and the cities you see along the way, when you're driving to Berlin, when you're driving to Paris, the, the stuff in between, the towns in between, the hidden gems, there's so much out there that that arguably, in my opinion, are better than the big cities. But when it comes to big cities, this is, this is one of my favorites. We stayed right in the middle of the city, walked around. The people are genuinely really friendly. I didn't think that I would enjoy it this much, but I, I absolutely enjoyed talking to all the taxi drivers we had. They loved talking. I enjoyed, you know, probably being the first person that actually talked to them in the day because most people don't talk to their Uber drivers, their Lyft drivers, their taxi drivers, uh, which by the way, there is no Uber there. It's just taxi and they're taxi companies that you book with, but yeah, it was fun, you know, most of the, most of the taxi drivers were like, oh yeah, you know, we love America, America's great, you know, someone's got to keep uh, the world in line, one guy was like, ah, oh, I don't like America, it's not what it used to be, blah, 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 and I asked him about Conor McGregor, we went to Conor McGregor's pub, the Black Forge Inn, which I'm really happy to say that it is actually a good place, I had no doubt that it was going to have good food and it was going to have good drinks. Um, you know, Connor, I wanted to try the stout because Connor was talking about how great they got the stout. The stout was good, but between you and me, the Guinness was better. So Guinness is like the, is the beer that's made locally in, in Ireland. I don't know if it's made specific. I think it's, it's made in Dublin actually, cause there's a Guinness storehouse and there's a museum I think you can go to, which we didn't get the chance to go to, but we saw a lot of other shit. There's so much shit to do in Dublin. We went to a natural history museum and it was so cool. We got to see a lot of archaeological artifacts. We got to see the oldest thing we saw there, I want to say, is from 500,000 or 300,000 BC. And it was like a hatchet that a Neanderthal had made. And if, it, if they didn't tell me it was a hatchet, I would just think it was a slightly kind of curved rock. <laughs> because, you know, they didn't have precision tools. They were just the first tool that they were making. And it was so cool to see. And there were... There were Really well-preserved mummies that were found in bogs, and I'm I'm not actually sure what a bog is. I guess I could look that up. What is a bog? What is a bog? Ah, I see. A bog is like a marsh. Okay, so yeah, there were there were really well-preserved mummies that were found in bogs, 
And it was really cool because the technology is so up to speed and so proficient that they were able to tell you, like, because the guy didn't have his head. <laughs> I don't know if they've ever found his head. But so there's one. And I took pictures. I didn't post them to social media because I thought it was kind of disrespectful <laughs> to post them to social media. But so it was just like his torso. And they're saying, yeah, he had no head. It was decapitated. He had a pierce wound through his heart, which is probably what killed him. You can see his hands. He had well-groomed fingernails, which meant they were like, oh, he probably wasn't working with his hands. But he also wasn't royalty because he didn't have nipples. Apparently, it was like an old Celtic Irish thing from back. This guy, I want to say, was alive in the early, like the, the end of the 3rd century BC. So about 2,350 years ago, 2,322 years ago. Um, and they said, you know, he didn't have nipples and one of the, tr that ruled him out from being royalty or royal blood or being the king because there was a, a thing where it was good luck or it was a sign of respect to suck on the king's nipples if you were like a peasant or if you were not of uh, royal blood. So that ruled him out from that. They, they determined through some tests like, oh, he had a primarily meat-based diet because he existed. He died about 50 years before... Or you know what? I think they were saying he died maybe a couple months or a couple years before plant-based diets are not plant-based, but plant plant-based foods were being introduced into the diet. So they said his diet mostly consisted of meat, and then the last meal that he ate was like cereals and grains and wheat, which I thought was so cool. I'm like, man, they, you can figure this out from something that's 2,300 years old, and it was super amazing. There was another. Uh, not as good preserved, not as well preserved body. There was one with a face attached. Uh, it was amazing. It was amazing. And then we also went to a whiskey museum. Didn't get the chance to do this, but I want to when I go back. Um, I loved it so much. Me and my wife agreed that we should make Dublin a, 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 a every summer trip because it was amazing. It really was. It truly was one of the best trips I've ever been on. Irish people are so genuinely friendly. It's not a fake kind of friendly. I met a Ukrainian guy. I'll get into that a little bit later. But we went to the whiskey museum, didn't do any whiskey tasting, kind of looked around, was going to buy some whiskey, but it was, I just decided not to, didn't really have space. I didn't think I had space in the suitcase or in the duffel bag that we brought, but there is a cool thing where you can do a whiskey tasting and then at the end, kind of mix your own whiskey through some of the barrels that they're making whiskey with and then put it in your own bottle and bring it home, which I definitely want to do that. Even though I don't drink whiskey, or I try to. When, I, when we went to Conor McGregor's pub, of course, I had to make a reservation. While we were waiting, so because there was a time zone difference, I actually issue showed up an hour early. The weather in uh, Ireland, I imagine, is just like the weather in the UK. It was like, oh, it's a nice day. It's blue sky, a little crisp out there. Oh, the clouds are coming. Oh, it's raining. Oh, it's clear skies again. <laughs> so it was raining. It was cold. And we were waiting. And then this dude came up to us and he was like, is this the, the pub that... Conor McGregor bought, and I said, yeah, this is it, we're hoping, hopefully we see him, and he was basically introduced himself, I forget his name, actually, I don't think he told us his name, but he's Ukrainian, and he was like, yeah, I'm living in this, uh, this hotel over here, oh, I don't know if I should be saying this, nah, he won't get in trouble, he's like, I'm living in this hotel over here with, with my family, we actually escaped from Ukraine right when the invasion started, blah, 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 and in my head, I was like, I thought that people who were 18 or older that didn't have like a disability that was a male had to stay and fight. And then he was talking to us. He was like showing me pictures. He had actually met um, the heavyweight champion of the world, Alexander Yusik, who is Ukrainian, went back to Ukraine to fight with the Ukrainian people. He told me he met Vladimir Klitschko, who was the younger of the Klitschko brothers. He was the, he was the boxing heavyweight champion for almost 10 years after Mike Tyson really kind of declined and stopped fighting and yeah he basically he didn't have a table didn't know that you needed a, to reserve a table and he waited out there for four hours in the cold and the rain hoping that conor mcgregor would come he didn't actually end up coming we thought he was going to come because there was this russian security guy that came but as we were waiting i was talking to him i was like hey man so what's the plan you're gonna live here you're gonna go back soon what's the deal and he's like oh i can't go back because males that were 18 or older were not were not allowed to leave but i snuck out and if i go back i'm probably gonna have to go to jail which i thought sucks man because not everybody is fit for combat not everybody's fit for war i'll be the first to admit i would not be going in guns blazing 
I don't, you know, I'm speaking like an idiot who doesn't know anything about the military, but I'm not going to sit here and act like I would be, I wouldn't be nervous. I get nervous before going into work and I've been doing this shit for a year. I get nervous doing everything. And if I was to go into combat, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm going to go in guns blazing. I would be reluctant, but I absolutely, after probably trying to find every way around it, I would do it to defend my country. Which, by the way, the notion of defending your country, there are people that don't understand this idea. They think, oh, I don't give a shit. I have a friend who's like, I could give a shit less about my country. I could, I have no fucking pride about America. Why would I care about my country? I'm not going to die for my country. You're not dying for America. You're not dying for fucking dirt. You're dying for your people. For the people that are in the country, for your family. Uh, there's a UFC featherweight fighter named Bryce Mitchell who was saying, I'm not going to go volunteer. I'm not going to join the military to go fight in Ukraine. But if the war comes to America, I'm going to grab my rifle and I'm going to defend Arkansas. I'm going to defend my land. I'm going to defend my family, the people that live in the country. You're not defending the United States per se. I'm not, at least not me. I'm defending the people in it. I'm fighting for the people in it. And People don't understand that. They think, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm not dying for the flag. Oh, the, the flag that stands for racism and slavery and blah, blah. Nobody's doing that. Not a lot of people are doing that. They're doing it for them, for pride, for family name, to defend their, you know, their family land, their family uh, legacy, whatever. Anyway, it sucks that he's, you know, I don't have to, I don't, I don't have to explain it to you guys, but yeah, we went in 30 minutes early, sat at the bar. And like I said, I don't drink whiskey. If I do, I'm, I got a shit ton of Coke in it. <laughs> uh, but I got proper 12 on the rocks because I felt like it was fitting to drink Connor's whiskey in his pub. The cool thing about this pub is it was a popular pub before Connor bought it. And when you would go inside there, there's a couple pictures of Connor. Of course, they got proper 12 you can buy. But it's not the most Connor-eccentric place. It's a very authentic Irish pub. It's really nice in there. All the staff were really friendly to us. Our waitress kind of seemed like towards the end of the night she was getting a little attitude, but every fucking German dude that was there was hitting on her, so I don't blame her. She was very attentive. We got a shit ton of food. We got so much food, drank so much beer. Yeah, like I said, tried Guinness. It was delicious. It was it was it was really fun. It was a fun trip. We went to a couple other museums. We yeah, we went into like the political building where they hold where they hold, you know, political talks, where they have the, where they do the, uh, whatever you call them. I don't know why I'm blanking on it, but it was cool. A lot of gold everywhere, a lot of fancy chairs. <laughs> and you know, I learned something interesting. Ireland has actually had a female prime minister before. So I don't know. It's little things that I find interesting, but Ireland was amazing. Fast forward, came back, worked for two days. And then me and my wife went on our honeymoon to Santorini. Santorini, Greece. So we've been wanting to go to Greece for a long time. There are other parts of Greece that I wanted to see more than Santorini. Athens being the main one so I could see the Acropolis. I want to go to Meteora. I want to go to see the Parthenon. We went to Santorini. And what I learned while we were there is that Santorini is not a city. Santorini is an entire island. So really, I've been really proud of myself. I'm not going to shut up about this. I actually, because I drive stick shift for work in a truck and I owned owned a stick shift scion before I I felt comfortable and they don't really do taxis they do do taxis throughout the island but not only is it already expensive the gas is expensive the tax is expensive because of gas uh, because of Russia but also it's an island so gas is even more expensive it's like gas in Hawaii if you've ever been <clears throat> and um so I decided you know let's just rent a car Airbnb host was awesome. She gave us a lot of recommendations for restaurants. She took us to the village next to us to show us how to get there, take us so we could get some water and stuff. The food was was amazing. There were only a couple dishes that I got that I wasn't super big on. Had some really good fried calamari. Ate in this restaurant called Nicholas Cave, Nikolaus Cave, which was a uh, there was a fisherman who just decided by hand to just carve out a little spot in the cliffside and opened up a restaurant they sell fresh fish that their fisherman catches there it was nice um i wanted to go there in april because i wanted to go there before it got too hectic before it got too packed with tourists <clears throat> and the weather it was kind of in between you know the island weather it's either just stormy 
or it's cloudy, or it's beautiful. And the most beautiful day was the day that we were leaving. It sucked because we got an Airbnb right on the beach. We had our private little sun chairs. We didn't even get to use the sun chairs. But we went on a cruise. We went through islands. We got to see an area where uh, there was there used to be people who inhabited the island, but there's only one guy there who lives by himself. He's been there for 25 years. He just fishes, and he trades with people that pass through, and he had a dog. And there were some hot springs over there because a mountain had erupted in 1950. The volcano had erupted and resulted in natural hot springs. And I'm very proud to say that only four people jumped off of the boat. Me and my wife were were two of them because people were worried about it being cold or they just didn't want to swim, whatever. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I took my shirt off. People were cheering on my my fat wine belly. (laughs) And I jumped in and I'm so out of shape. Because it was maybe about 400, 500 feet of swimming. Um, halfway there, I was like, oh my god. I had to start backstroking because I was dying. And I was like, man, I don't know if I can make it back. I, I, they need to bring the boat closer. <laughs> we ended up getting to the hot springs. It was really nice and warm. It wasn't like perfect because it wasn't man-made. It was real. You know, it's from under the ocean floor. And, you know, the, the, hot, the, heatness from, the heat from the volcano. So there was like little patches of warm, but it was nice. And you know, the water wasn't actually as cold as I thought it would be, but I drank a lot. I drank some wine before I jumped in. So when I got back, I felt kind of sick. Um, I, there were some nets where you could lay on. So I laid on there and I passed out for about an hour and then we ate food and we watched the sunset over the caldera and yeah, it was amazing. It was really fun, but I got to say though, Santorini is a bit overrated. I'm glad that we, you know, I rented a stick shift Fiat Panda and I'm proud of myself to be that I was able to drive a stick shift Fiat Panda through these crazy freaking island cliff roads going uphill, having to stop uphill, stop on a dime and all that stuff. And I didn't stall a single time. Got close. You know, when you're about to stall and the engine's like rumbling, but we basically saw the entire island. We don't have to go back. We literally saw everything except for, uh, they say a Venetian lighthouse. But I've been to Venice. I don't need to see a Venetian lighthouse. I'm sure it's cool, but we saw an excavation site for this old town called Akrotiri. I think it has residents again. It has inhabitants again. But I want to say around 1500 BC, uh, the mountain, the volcano erupted and they had to leave. Only a couple people died because there were only a couple skeletons in Akrotiri. But they call it the Pompeii of Eastern Europe. So... We got to see that. It was really cool because they were, you know, showing like, oh, this is probably the civic building where they came up with public construction and and uh, stuff like that. And it was really cool. It was really... Sorry, I had to pause for a second. I don't remember what I was talking about. Greece. Greece was cool. A little overrated. But we saw the entire... Oh, yeah. There was a really cool 3D rendering that was done put together by a bunch of scientists in the excavation site. They basically showed what they thought the the uh, one of the buildings looked like. And it was really cool. It was really beautiful. It was uh you know old history when when you get into things even back in the 1800s but 1800s and before like I said here in Europe I've seen things from the 1100s. I've seen things from now I've seen things from B- from BC from before the year 0. Uh, before Christ died and that stuff always blows my mind there's there's just something fascinating about seeing the way that early humans used to live um yeah it was it was amazing it's a fun time really good stretch of weekends felt like Greece Greece was like Croatia Croatia is a really cool place but it's not a type of place that I would want to live I judge every place that I go to off of how badly I want to live there so there's like a scale of, I don't really want to live here. It'd be cool to have a vacation home. I would like to live here. And then I really want to live here. And I actually start looking up, how can an American live here? I've done it with Italy. I've done it with Spain. I've done it with Austria. I've done it with Switzerland. I, I think I've done it with France. I didn't do that with Greece. I would love to have, I was thinking like, you know, it would be cool to have a property here and then just kind of turn into an Airbnb because in a, in a really touristy spot, because I feel like that'd be a really good investment to make, especially in season off season, maybe not so much, but 
Greece kind of felt like, not in a bad way, in a good way actually, it's a work in progress, especially the area we were in. So we didn't stay in the area where there was the, the blue domes and the white buildings. There were white buildings and a couple blue domes in where we were staying, but we kind of stayed right by the beach. And Aea and the capital, Thera, those are the places that you usually see or you think of when you think of Santorini. We drove up there, of course, we, we went all throughout there and we ate a bunch of food there. But, yeah, outside of there, Greece is, is developing. It reminded me of Mexico. Not in, like, an insulting way, but a lot of stretches of, of dirt roads, of, you know, kind of little bits of grass, some brown hills. Uh, a lot of construction was getting done, which is great. So, I truly believe that Greece is going to, it's going to be an even more beautiful place. It's going to be an even better place the longer that time, you know, more time that passes. Apparently, they I think they went through a recession in 2020, probably related to COVID. So, and Greece's economy... You know, it relies heavily on tourism, but it was a fun place. I really would like to go back. The people were really friendly. Of course, never had a problem with speaking English with anybody. It was it was a it was a fun trip. A little bit overrated, but I don't regret doing it at all. Had a lot of fun. And I look forward to going back to Athens and seeing, you know, like I always say, the in-between stuff, the hidden gems, the, the lesser known places, the stuff where I'm probably gonna have trouble being able to speak because I don't speak Greek. And the Greek alphabet is so weird to me. There's only one word that I picked up on while we were there. Nay. You say nay. I hear a lot of people saying nay, nay, nay. Nay means yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's it. Greek kind of sounds like a hybrid. When you listen to it, you think, oh, this is Spanish. And then you keep listening, you think, oh, this is Russian. It's like a hybrid between Russian and Spanish. That's what it sounds like to me. But anyway, enough of that stuff. The trip was great. Last thing I wanted to talk about that I've just realized, that I've just understood... Everywhere I go here in Europe, I almost never have an issue with finding someone that speaks English. There's always someone that speaks English because most of the countries here, almost everybody's bilingual. Everybody had to learn multi they like to learn multiple languages for fun. They want to do it because they want to do get into business. And English is always the the language that you know here in Germany from kindergarten on, I believe kids are taught English. It's because they they encourage the German government and all the countries in Europe, they encourage their people to travel. They don't tell them you should only stay here. It's not like in America where they have the, the laziest bullshit fucking program when it comes to teaching other kids language. Because one part of it is teaching and learning the language. Another part of it is retaining it. And you only retain it by using it. And if you're getting taught German, but you're not practicing German, you don't have to go to Germany to learn German. But you got to practice it. And it's just the most bare minimum bullshit that they do in America. It's why everybody you know has taken a language in school and they don't remember shit. There was a guy that I knew that took German in high school. And he all he remembered was Danke. Danke, which is thanks. Um, everywhere in Europe, especially the touristy parts, they speak English. They have people that speak English. All the airports, they speak English. And my stupid, selfish American ass thought... It was for me. It's for us. It's for people from the UK. It's for the English-speaking people. That's not the case. English is the language of business, and it's the, it's the median language. It is the middle language. I've seen this many times where in Spain there was an Italian guy. There was an Italian couple going through security. They didn't speak Spanish. The Spanish security guy didn't speak Italian. So you know what they did? They met in the middle. They spoke English because that's the, that's the language where you meet when you can't speak the host nation's language and the host nation cannot speak your language you mean the middle and you speak english so a lot of people are like oh you know there's other countries out there not just america not everyone speaks english they they do they do <laughs> and it's because it's the it's the mediator language it's crazy that they chose english whoever they is i don't know why english became the mediator language because if you're not a native english speaker they say it's one of the hardest languages to learn because every rule has an exception but that being said don't ever worry about the language barrier. Watch some videos, learn the basic stuff. I mean, that's what I've done with German. It's where I know just enough to get through the, the line at the store, get myself a table at a restaurant, whatever. Almost always, no, I'm always able to come up with, I'm always able to communicate. Whether it's through broken German, whether it's through broken English, or whether I pull out Google Translate and type what I need to say. There's resources for us. So 
Don't find any excuses. Don't be worried about the language barrier because English is that middle ground that everybody uses. We saw it in Greece. Germans were flying into Greece. Italians were flying into Greece. Spaniards were flying into Greece. And they were speaking English to the Greek people, employees in the airport and, you know, in the in the city. There was this asshole Russian couple at the breakfast place we went to who actually complained that the waiter... Yeah, I told the waiter when they were le- when he was leaving, you need to speak better English. You need to learn better English. And I was like, what? Me and my wife were like, what the hell? You need to learn better Greek, dude. We're in Greece. The hell is your problem? So when we were leaving, I told the guy, hey, your English is great. Don't worry about anything. He was really happy. Made made his day for sure. And then we went back the day before we left, and he was happy to see us. And the food was fantastic. So moving on from there almost, I think over 30 minutes of me talking about my life. Let's talk about your guys' life. What's going on? Anything interesting? (laughs) I guess that's for me to talk about. So this episode is going to be called Blame It on the War because I thought about something funny. People should use, and I've seen this already before, experienced this in Greece. So our Airbnb, I said I was going to not talk about this anymore, but I'm still going to. Airbnb was like this. Okay, so here's the airport on the map, just right here on my forehead. And then just down here, you drive. we had to drive like this way, this way, and then this way. We're on the beach. And here's our Airbnb, where my nose is. About four or five kilometers away. So if you don't know that, that's about three miles. Took five minutes to get to the airport. We got picked up from to and from the airport. And it was 25 euros for that short drive. And the guy was like, oh, it's because of the Ukraine-Russia conflict. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, nah, dude, you drove five kilometers. I saw the gas there. We filled up our rental car. I know you got to make a profit, but you can't be, I mean, it's it's not a big deal when it comes to that instance. But my joke is, just use the Ukraine-Russia conflict for an excuse for all the, the, the bad behaviors, the unacceptable behaviors that you have. People did it with covid People should do it with the Ukraine-Russia conflict. Cut, cut in front of someone in line at the grocery store. Hey, man, we're at war. I got children. Putin is killing people. Fear. He's running. He's he's invading Ukraine out of fear. Cheat on your husband. Ukraine. We're at war, honey. We're at war. Are, have you not paid attention to the news? Have you not seen um, the people that are getting killed at the, the children's hospital in in fuck what's the place i don't remember starts with a b i think anyway use the war as an excuse to be a shitty person everyone did it with covid why not do it why not do it with with uh with the ukraine russia war anyway it was funny i noticed this so in ireland masks are just strongly recommended so most people were not wearing masks it was probably about out of every 100 people, is probably about 80 people not wearing masks, 20 people wearing masks, or maybe 70, 30. And then Germany just lifted restrictions where you can walk around in the restaurants, you can go into stores, and you can walk around in the airport without your mask. Strongly recommend that you wear it. And the first couple days, you could tell how scared the German government had gotten German citizens. Because there were about, out of every 100 people, two people not wearing their masks. Me being one of them. And when the polls I walked past you could see the the germans kind of cower i don't want to get beat because there are videos of people getting beat for not wearing their masks in france there was that lady who didn't have her vaccine passport was going into the mall without being vaccinated and the fucking cops beat the shit out of her you can find that video on the internet and find the articles for that uh keep winning macron um speaking of that macron is actually running up against some they call her a far right person i haven't i haven't seen anything about her. her name is marine le pen She's the candidate, the the front runner to challenge Macron for prime minister or president. I don't know the title in France. And let's hope that Macron loses because he's a piece of trash. But anyway, I noticed it's really nice. It's really great because more people are starting to take off their masks. I don't care if you're not wearing if you're wearing it or not. When we're at baggage claim, I saw a couple people yesterday when we got home, or two days ago, that weren't wearing the masks, so I looked up on my phone real quick, can I, are masks mandatory now, said they weren't, starting April 3rd, so I took mine off, and then there was this fat lady next to me, she looked at me, and she took the biggest step away from me, and I was like, yeah, you better stay away, you'd die if you got COVID, 
You're like 600 pounds, human bowling ball. Anyway, nice thing that I've noticed. People that aren't wearing masks are not getting in the faces of people wearing masks, talking about how they're killing grandma and grandpa, talking about how they're rapist, Nazi, far right-wing QAnon pieces of shit. The way that the people who wore masks harassed and got in the face and completely contradicted their own social distancing measures, yelling at the people that weren't wearing masks. That's because people who are mature adults, who have fully matured brains that aren't brain-dead retards, don't care what other people do, as long as it's not affecting them. And you can sit here and act like, oh, you not wearing your mask is affecting the, 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 the. Wear your mask, shut the fuck up, get your vaccines, live your life. That's consistently been my stance the whole time. And it's just funny to see that. But I mean, I'm not surprised. Real adults don't give a shit what you do with your life. And if, and if we did, I could point out a new thing every second that you're doing with your life that you could be doing better. I've done it with myself. You could do it to me. I could fucking exercise more. I could play less video games. I could eat less carbs. Those are just examples. Whatever. But yeah, people that aren't wearing masks are not out here harassing, judging, and being pieces of shit to people wearing masks. Even though the vice, even though vice versa was the complete opposite during the pandemic. Same with vaccines. Anyway, moving on. Done talking about that shit. So, the New York Times posted this opinion piece and it said... Stopping climate change, I don't think it was an opinion piece, but it said stopping climate change is doable, but time is short, uh, a United Nations panel warned. And I'm tired of seeing this notion. You cannot stop climate change. The ego of humans is so big and inflated that they think that they can stop and alter the natural course of climate change and global warming for the earth we can definitely contribute we can definitely pollute less we can definitely recycle more we can do better recycling like i've explained here in europe they actually recycle well in germany in greece they don't really do it as good as germany but in germany you have plastics you have paper you have food waste natural waste you have glass you have cans you have a can for everything it's kind of annoying sometimes because I'll have something that has plastic and paper on it and I'm like, what the hell? Anyway, there are things that we could do to help slow it down and, what do you call it, reduce the carbon footprint. I've explained this before. Humans emit carbon. We, by definition, are killing the earth the more that we exist. And a lot of psychopaths will say, oh, you, we should, uh, human beings should, that should be a Thanos that kills half the earth, blah, 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 dolphins in the canals, shut the fuck up. Anyway, you cannot stop climate change. Stop telling people that you can stop climate change. You cannot stop climate change. You cannot stop global warming. The earth has been doing this naturally for hundreds of thousands, probably millions of years. The earth has been warming. The earth has been cooling. You guys should look up, if you don't know already, look up global cooling. You should be glad that the Earth is not globally cooling, because the ramifications of global cooling are way worse than global warming. Obviously, um, the world does not treat the Earth as good as it should. Obviously, there's a lot of awareness that comes into it, that comes to that has been brought to global warming, and things that we could do better, create cleaner energy, nuclear energy is far more sufficient as far as i know it's far more efficient it's far more it's far cleaner uh so yeah hopefully we get into that i'm not an expert when it comes to the energy sector but i know based off of what i my limited research my limited knowledge nuclear energy is probably the cleanest form of energy that we could realistically integrate into society i don't know if the entire world can run off nuclear but yeah that's that's for the experts to figure out. Anyway, yes, there are things that we could do better, obviously. I try my best to... Oh, I never litter. I, I hate godless heathens that throw their trash out the window. There's been a lot of trash lately, actually, in Germany, and I've been seeing a lot of trash pickup, but I think it's because storms. There was a crazy windstorms uh, over this past winter, and I think a lot of trash was blown everywhere. But Germany doesn't really have a pollution... Uh, garbage on the side of the road problem the way like in america you know when you would drive around the when you get off the ramp off the highway and you just see the bushes 
filled with trash, just years and years of plastic and styrofoam and and paper cups and donut and McDonald's wrappers and shit. It's disgusting and it's sad. But this notion that we can reverse climate change, it's that's not that's not doable. It's not possible. We can absolutely take better care of Earth and we can slow we can like I said, we can reduce the negative impact that we have on climate change, but you cannot reverse it. That's not possible. Human beings do not have the power to reverse something that the earth, a cycle that the earth has been going through for millions, if not hundreds of millions of years, and will continue to do so until the earth probably dies. Who knows? But yes, we can take better care of the earth, but we cannot reverse climate change. Stop with this bullshit. It's a myth. It's not true. So Hunter Biden, the Hunter Biden laptop thing was true. Everybody knew this. Everyone, uh, well, everyone knew this, but they kind of blocked it. So Hunter Biden apparently has over 100,000 emails and 80,000 pictures on the laptop. You guys know the story. Brought it into Delaware because it was fried. Tried to get it fixed. Guy guy fixed it and was like, oh, there's some fucked up shit on here. There's hookers. There's crack. There's emails about, I don't think the guy, the repair guy was the one who was, was, uh, there's another guy who took the emails and all that stuff to Congress and they took a long time to look into it and to actually report it. Now the news has come out that it's not fake and the guy who who kind of exposed the story first and brought it to Congress's attention, he is now hiding in Switzerland for fear of his life and I don't blame him. There are emails on there uh, talking about... Um, there's a there's a, a natural gas company called Burisma, a corporation out of Ukraine that's paying that apparently named Hunter Biden to their board of executives, gave him like 10% of their stocks. Uh, he owns like a 10% stake in the company. They're paying him fifty thousand dollars a week. There's also some like t- and crazy crazy like ten million dollar installment uh, that went to Hunter Biden talking about uh giving kickback to the big guy who they were most most likely referring to as joe biden so yes there are a lot there's corruption uh with joe biden joe biden's never been a straight-laced guy he's been corrupt he's been a hypocrite he's broken his own rules he passed he was part of the the main advocates of the uh tough on crime era in the 80s that caused uh, a huge huge uptick in crime a huge empowerment of gangs and drug dealers and those who, who deal with arms. A huge uptick in in incarceration rates in America for for nonviolent criminals. Meanwhile, his son is doing crack and having sex with hookers illegally. Of course, I mean hooker illegal. They're they're one and the same. And also his son is using his position of power as the son of former vice president, former senator, and now president of the United States to make a shit ton of money and repeatedly break laws, position himself within companies um, that he probably wouldn't have ever gotten a second look at, probably doesn't have any expertise or any skills and doesn't deserve to be in those spots, but he used his position of power as the son of the president of the United States former vice president, former senator, Joe Biden, to, you know, be corrupt. Corrupt people, gonna corrupt. <laughs> it's It sucks, and it's shitty, and it's embarrassing because it's not even to the point where people are denying the Hunter Biden laptop thing. There are people that are, but it's that they don't care. It's the same thing with Hillary Clinton spying on the Trump campaign, planting that Russian collusion seed that was not actually true. Actually, Hillary Clinton has more, and Bill Clinton has more dealings with Russia, corrupt, possibly legal dealings, allegedly, with Russia than Trump. People talk about how Trump was, Trump was Putin's bitch. Trump was Putin's bitch. If Trump was president, blah, 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 blah. If Trump was Putin's bitch, why did Putin wait to invade Ukraine? Obviously, that's a lazy position. Obviously, There are reasons to why, there are probably strategic reasons as to why Putin waited and decided to attack, um, to invade while Biden was president. A lot of it was timing, but, of course, a lot of it is timing related, but also part of it was because, no, Trump tried his best to reiterate America's strong stance, the stance where, hey, we're not just going to threaten you like Obama did the first time uh, when Crimea was annexed back in 2014. 
It's not going to be like, hey, don't do that. And then Russia does it. And then like, stop doing that. Trump, Trump tried to be like Reagan. And I think he succeeded for the most part in letting people know like, hey, don't fuck with America. He was able to negotiate and get, get uh, some prisoners back that were kidnapped and held against their will in North Korea. He had, we had better relations, relatively better relations with North Korea, relatively better relations, relations with Putin. And I know a lot of people who are like, oh, what a piece of shit. You know why? It's because he has money, he has businesses over there. Oh, he's Putin's bitch. Oh, it's Kim Jong-un's bitch. How could you ever, how could you ever have a good conscience and be friends with someone like Kim Jong-un and Putin. It's not that we were friends. Wouldn't you rather them not hate us? Wouldn't you rather a nuclear power who apparently has more nukes than America? Wouldn't you rather have them not be pissed at us? Wouldn't you rather have good relations with them? People don't think these things through. They they don't know anything about foreign policy. They don't know anything about military strategic analysis. Like I've said before, I don't know that much either, but I talk to people who do. And that is more valuable than doing some bullshit fucking research where you're reading New York Times and Washington Post articles. Calling that research, yeah, you can call it research. But you know what's more valuable than that? Either having experience or the next best thing, talking to people with experience. Fuck your research. Fuck, shove your bullshit fucking Google articles up your ass. That doesn't count as research to me. You get an F from me. Fuck, fuck your Google research, fuck your scholarly articles, nothing's better than getting experience and talking to people with experience. That all being said, uh, I hope Hunter Biden gets the help that he deserves. Because it sounds stupid, but it can't be easy having everything handed to you. Never having to work for anything in your entire life. The dude's probably wilding out, doing drugs, because he has had so much money and he's so completely numb and materialistic that he's got to do insane shit like smoke crack to slightly get through the day and not be depressed. And I hope he gets the help that he deserves. I'm not shaming him for being a drug addict. I'm shaming his father for being a hypocrite. For single-handedly being responsible for putting so many nonviolent criminals in prison for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. No matter what, it's stunted their life. And like I've said, the United States has one of the highest, if not the highest, recidivism rates for prison in the entire world in the entire developed world. So I'm not so mad at Hunter Biden for doing those things. I'm mad at his father for being a hypocrite and for dodging the questions during the debates. It's annoying that Trump doesn't know how to follow up a thought and complete a thought and continue to press the, uh, the, the question, press the issue, because there were so many opportunities that he had that would have helped him, I believe, in the debates, but he's never been that kind of guy. He likes to resort to personal jabs and you know he's not a he's not a speaker a a natural public speaker the way biden was when biden was smoother when he was younger and the way obama is and the way that uh, jfk was super smooth in the debates um yeah i hope he gets the help that he deserves and i hope that this gets investigated i think what what the the federal government is investigating right now is that hunter biden did not pay taxes on something and maybe an audit will be done and maybe more truth will be unraveled either way the media purposely knew that this story was true they purposely withheld it from the public cast it off as some QAnon right-wing nazi conspiracy theory um because they knew that it would hurt joe biden's chances of being elected do i think that if had this story been run 24 7 and had it been attacked more in the debates do I think that that would have uh, re-elected Trump? I don't know. I, I'm leaning more towards no, because like I said, so many people are married to their political beliefs and their political ideologies that they don't care. They don't care if the truth is presented to them with everything, whether it's political or it's COVID or it's, it could be an artist. You'd be like, hey, Chris Brown, you know, beats the shit out of women. And then you're like, no, he doesn't. You know, uh, Rihanna slapped him too. So that gave him the right to beat the fucking shit out of her and make her grow six heads uh, worth the black eyes. I don't know. It is what it is. We all do it. I, I do it. Like I've said, Kanye West and Conor McGregor, I will defend and I will explain every action that they ever commit, good or bad. <laughs> so 
moving on. Oh, that's actually... Oh, last thing. So, New York Post posted. New York Post. They posted, they published an article of something that I predicted that I've been reporting on since, you know, for the past like six months. I've been talking about this. I've been warning about this before. I'm not the only person, but I mean, come on, guys. Uh, I deserve more respect. That's all I'm going to say. So I reported this uh, about two or three months ago on a podcast. So Amazon has a charity sector called Amazon Smiles. And they actually, a few months ago, suspended Black Lives Matter from their charity platform because there were millions of dollars that were that had went unaccounted for. Because, real quickly, I'll recap. When it comes to big donations to nonprofits or charities or trusts or funds, you have to... You have to give the person, no, the the person who's receiving the money has to, I think they have to report to the IRS or they have to do some kind of filing where they talk about the what the plans are to use the money for to make sure they're not money laundering. And then I think they have to actually have to prove, hey, this is what we use the 500000 we got from Bill Gates. They have to, you have to. Explain and you have to show proof that that you're actually using that money for this to make sure you're not money laundering and to make sure you're not stealing money. Black Lives Matter failed to do so. Amazon suspended them. And this is what I said back. I wish I could play the clip. I'm not that good uh, with with this shit yet. And I don't think I actually have the episode saved to I have it saved to my computer. But anyways, I said, hey, I think I know where some of the money's coming from. Former co-founder of Black Lives Matter. I forget her name. She actually stepped down recently because she kept getting shamed and questioned for this stuff. She bought multiple luxury homes, million-dollar villas in all across the world, in Malibu, I think, in Hawaii, in in Europe. She bought multiple luxury villas, and a lot of people were expecting that she was using Black Lives Matter money for that. And I pointed that out, and I said, I bet you that's where some of the money went. Turns out, six a $6 million Southern California home was purchased and it was Black Lives Matter money, donate the donation money was used to purchase this home. And I've talked about this before, guys. And not just with Black Lives Matter, with any anywhere, anything you put your money into, not even just a nonprofit, not even donations, business, in, doing investments. If you're buying food, you're buying clothes. If you really want to know, you know, not even just for, not just, I'm not talking about a moral standpoint, but I'm talking about with food. If you want to know, you know, what chemicals are in this food, what kind of allergy issues could I have if I have this, what, what, what climate did it was the cow raised in, blah, blah, blah. You should always do research and you shouldn't do that with every piece of beef that you eat. But I'm talking about if you're buying, if you're buying, you know, medicines, you're taking um, vitamins, you're taking pills, whatever. Look into this. Do research. You should never, I've said this before, I'll say it again. In the, in 2022, where everybody has a high-speed computer in their pocket, and they probably also have a laptop and a tablet and a smartwatch, there's no excuse for having simple questions that go unanswered. If I ever have a question, I'll Google it. Even if I don't find the answer, maybe I'll find something that will help me determine my own answer. If it's not an outright, straightforward answer. Look into the charities and the nonprofits and the trust that you're donating your money to. Find out how much money is actually going to the cause. Of course, I've said this before. A lot of a lot of money has to be used to pay for the workers, the employees, of course. Not 100% of the money is going to go to. It's not going to be like me with my merch, which by the way, I'm still testing this stuff. I dropped some uh, some garlic butter on it the other day and it looks like it's doing fine. Um, do your research. And stay away from Black Lives Matter. I've talked about this before. The sentiment of Black Lives Matter, I wholeheartedly support. Because it, it means Black Lives Matter too. Because there are people that feel that Black Lives do not matter. They're not being treated with, and they're not being loved and cared for and looked after as much as other lives. I absolutely understand why people believe that. I support people's ability and their willingness to share that, blah, blah, blah. The corporation though, the group. That takes money and they buy $6 million Southern California homes while pretending to advocate for black lives and pretending to advocate for freedom 
and pretending to be the new wave Martin Luther King, to pretending to be the new wave civil rights movement. You, you got to watch out for this, guys. I feel bad for the people that were donating that feel like they're doing they're donating their money to a good cause. They feel like they're helping the future. Uh, like, you know, there, there could be an African-American couple that just had a kid. They feel like, you know, I align myself with this with this group. I believe I agree with a lot of what they say. I feel like I'm investing back into my own community, into my children's future. And they're getting taken advantage of so these people can drink fancy wine. They can show up to the Met Gala and wear some cringe-ass dress. And they can buy a $6 million luxury home in Southern California. It's embarrassing. It's disgusting. And like I said, you guys got to watch out. Just please do your research. Please, please, please do your research. Take advantage of the resources that you have. Be, be resourceful. Be resourceful. Look into these things on your own. Don't let other people do it for you. And that's all I have to say on that. So that's going to wrap it up for this episode. I know this was a longer one than I usually do. I think I'm coming up on an hour maybe. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I actually have a recommendation. So, Denzel Curry, the most consistent new rapper right now. I want to say he was in the 2016 XXL Freshman Cypher. He <laughs> rapped, he freestyled with, I, I believe it was 21 Savage, Kodak Black, Little Yachty, and Designer, maybe? And he was by far the best guy. He was the only one who actually rapped. Um, and he blew up the least out of all those guys. But I think that, I think that played in his favor. He gets to make music that he likes. He gets to bend genres together. He did like a, a metal cover of a song uh, recently. That was not my cup of tea, but a lot of people liked it. He has consistently dropped back to back to back like four or five projects straight that have been highly replayable. Beautiful lyrics. Beautiful melodies. Beautiful instrumentals. Beautiful messaging. Beautiful themes. It's been fantastic he had it started off with imperial i believe everybody kind of started paying attention to denzel curry then uh and then after that he came out with the uh the what was it called the, it was like the black and white album i forget that album was fantastic there was great songs on there sirens clout cobain and then he came out with zoo he came out with the uh the kind of future realistic one i forget what it's called you know, you guys probably know which one I'm talking about. Then he just came out with a new one called Melt My Eyes, See Your Future, Eyes spelled with a Z. I highly recommend you guys listen to it. Whether you're, If you're an old head, you'll love Denzel Curry. If you're a new head, you'll also love Denzel Curry because he has great beats, great production, great messaging in his songs. His lyrics are that you can always tell that it's passion. It comes from the soul, comes from the heart. And he had a conversation with a music reviewer, Anthony Fantano, on YouTube recently where he talked about the next genre that he's going to explore is love. And I'm looking forward to that because this guy has consistently dropped great music and he is a little overlooked. It's kind of a meme to say that he's underrated because he gets the attention he deserves. And I, like I said, I truly believe him being in control and being artistically free and creative and not having control, not being controlled by big label companies is why he's been able to prosper and make the music that he loves, the music that we love. So I highly recommend listening to Denzel Curry's newest album. There are only a couple duds on there, but check it out. It's called Melt My Eyes, See Your Future. I'm not going to have a song at the end of this because it completely hinders my the performance of the podcast, and it can only be listened on Spotify if I add a song. But check it out. Denzel Curry, Melt My Eyes, See Your Future. It's on YouTube, probably on Spotify. Don't use Spotify. Spotify for music sucks ass. YouTube's better. That all being said, I'm back. Video podcaster back. I wish I could have done one on the fights last weekend because my predictions were almost spot on. Uh, I will be doing more MMA podcasts. I know I keep saying that, but I, I don't want to jinx it, knock on wood. But I will be doing boxing and UFC podcasts more often. Uh, every week, hopefully, we got a big boxing match coming up. Errol Spence is fighting Yordinus, uh, Yordinus, Yugis, the guy who who um, fought Manny Pacquiao in his last fight and beat him. That all being said, thanks for supporting the podcast. Thanks for sharing it. Thanks for leaving comments. Thanks for retweeting. Thanks in the future 
for buying merch once it comes. It's independently minded. Garlic butter stained. Um, yeah. As always, stay safe. Stay away from those crazies out there. Catch you on the next episode. Thank you. Thank you.